welcome back to Vibe New Mexico. I am so elated. I always say excited. And I decided this next time for the podcast, I was going to use a new word, elated. But I have one of the most amazing horn players, artists that are out there in New Mexico, Mr. Bobby Madrid. It's such an honor to have him just because He's not only just an amazing musician, but an amazing person and human being. We've been sitting here kicking back, eating, just talking, small talk. And um, I think we've been planning this. I've been wanting this for a while to get Bobby on here. And we've gone back and forth on Messenger, and, and it's finally time. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. We always we laugh because, well, we met you back when you played with Darren, and this is like 20 years back, right? Yeah. And um, got the word, call you Bobby Madrid. Bobby Madrid. Bobby. <laughs> so we always call you Bobby. <laughs> so that's so cool. I, every time we hear Bobby, I'm like, oh, you mean Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the most, the most cool thing is the fact that we can go, we can look back and we know we have so many different memories that have happened through the years and we've seen music come rise up and come down and artists come and cut artists go and you're one of those long haulers that just keeps pushing out the music and making new mexico proud so right now you are number nine on k and mx and number 12 on k and w with vivo enamorado de ti yeah and you're still just like the second you were able to get that music out there you were just like okay the itch is on and here we go nope. was that the way it's just been for you it's, you all in your head it's always been like that yeah yeah I've, that's all I've always done is music and yeah. New Mexico music. So, how did yeah. it start for you? Uh, I started playing with Song de Hoven, I think ninety seven. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. That was our first band, and then I started playing with Darren Cordova after that. Yeah. Uh, ninety nine, I think. How old were you around uh, when you started playing? Well, the trumpet. Like when I started playing, I was only eight years old. Wow. Yeah. In school or in school, and I think I played, started playing trumpet because everybody else was joining the band. So I don't even know why, and I was horrible at it. <laughs> I mean, even the band teacher would tell me, "Hey, I think we're gonna change. You need to change to play drums or something." I think that kind of pissed me off, and yeah, that's right. I came back the next year and started doing better. You're like, I'm determined not yeah. to prove you wrong, you yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So. And that was in uh, in Las Vegas that you were yeah. that you started. Yeah. So cool. So like, trumpet's not the easiest instrument by all means. I mean, I can see like people can kind of get the the guitar or the piano or just the idea. But trumpet, not only are you learning to read the music, but you're having to use so many different muscles that people are just like yeah. And the and the breath and the air control that consistent. That's like, I would say, probably one of the hardest instruments to play. What would you say? being given an air instrument yeah my my guess because that's i i really don't know <laughs> it was just in your yeah, heart to yeah, do it yeah do you were you influenced by anybody at that age no or it was just something you yeah, knew just, you had everybody else was joining band and and i think that's why when i said that my band teacher pissed me off so i just kept on yeah determination yeah. it was the like the terco, like yeah. the you're gonna do it yeah so cool yeah i, I like that though because it just shows determination and i really feel that that essence and that spirit has been exactly what you've been from the beginning yeah. up till now you're 
pushing through yeah. obstacles have come in your way, but you haven't allowed those obstacles to stay or keep you from your dream and what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that really just like iterates to everybody else around us that they see the determination. And we talked a little bit before, just that gift of music and uh, you sharing that gift of music and, and that people need to hear that because they, you're really a very highly esteemed horn player through New Mexico music. Everybody knows who you are. Yeah. Uh, my son is a huge fan, of course. He even has a, a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the free Bobby the shirt. Free Bobby, yeah. <laughs> and he still wears it. And I still want one, too. Okay. <laughs> we have to wear one for you. We have to make one for you yeah. on the cricket. Yeah, he, he totally was all excited. And he wore it to the awards. He's like, I'm going to wear this. I'm like... Are you sure you're not going to get people mad or whatever? Not that we care ever. Yeah. He's all, I don't fucking care. So he puts on the free Bobby shirt. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So like, it's different with this podcast because of course, and, and you heard a few episodes before, it's so different and laid back compared to regular radio. radio. Yeah. Because you can say whatever you want. You, we can edit. It's not live. So, you know, and it's very laid back. So you'll hear, like I tell everybody, animals sometimes come in. People are coming in and out to get food or whatever. But it's just about making sure people have the understanding that it's a discussion. Like if we're in your own home or vice versa. And we're just really being real with people when it comes to the New Mexico music and what we do and and what our difficulties are when it comes to music and what our strengths are and all of that. So um, I just really thought that it would be amazing to get you on a podcast of Vibe New Mexico because you have so much to share with your own personal experiences. And I just want to hold that space for you where you feel comfortable and just let people know because I I really believe that people just need to hear your stories. So um, just tell us, before we get into any of that, I just really want to talk about the music and how you came up with this new song, Vivo Enamorado de Ti, and and all of the other songs that you've done. Your first hit ever. Let's talk about how did it just really happened for you where you were like this is what i want to continue doing after of course you know eight what was it when you're eight years older and yeah or whatever. i think um because i never liked spanish music growing up and uh my dad one day showed up with the cd of little joe Aww. and owl hurricane and he really never listened to spanish and he told me hey you should listen to this i started listening to it and it's pretty cool so after that and then um like in high school, they would let me go into the dances. Though I don't know if you ever met Cider Esquivel. Yes, yeah. in Vegas. So he would let me go in when I was in, in high school, just to sit there in the corner and watch the, the band. So I always watched Los Cordovas and uh, the Blue Ventures, Al Hurricane. I said, oh, this is pretty cool. Maybe one of these days I'll be there. And sure enough. There you are. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So... That was back in the 90s, would you say? Oh, like yeah. early 90s? Early 90s. Yeah. yeah. So that's like when Darren and was just hitting huge and yeah. just really out there. And so well, the first time, let's just say that you played with Darren, was it like, oh my God, full circle, here I am now playing with them? Yeah. Just kind of surreal for you? Yeah. Wow. Because so, at the time I was playing a song at Hoven and, and then uh, Carlos Medina, I, I used to go help out the, the West Las Vegas band and go help the, the kids out. And he showed up and he goes, uh, Darren Cordova wants to know if you want to play in his band. I was like, you're kidding, right? And, uh, sure enough, I went to a rehearsal and they let to try out and, and he asked me if I wanted to join the band. 
So I was playing with Darren Cordova. Wow. And it's just crazy because I, I was in a tour bus and by myself and I didn't know anybody I didn't, and I was a teenager, but it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. And that tour bus has seen a lot of history. Yeah. We're just thinking of that the other night when we were there. I was like, damn, there's a lot of people whose stories started on that tour bus yeah. and on that and the road that way. Yeah. So how old were you when you actually started playing with Darren? I was 19. 19. Yeah. And that was just like a completely new experience for you? Yeah. But you played with Sangrahoven prior to this, correct? Yeah. Or, that's where I started. That's where you started. Yeah. So I, I played with them for like a year, maybe a year cool. and a half. So your first, do you remember your very first uh, performance, very first gig with, with Sangrahoven, just in general? It was actually at Ciders. Wow. It was, it was at, <laughs> at the, for a senior dance on a Sunday. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I think I got paid. Four dollars, five dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of punch. Yeah, and yeah, so cool. So, what was it like just to be there, thinking, "Oh my God, this is—is is that just where you knew it was going to happen?" Or yeah, because actually, um, they had asked my my dad to let me put, ask him if I I wanted to join the band in high school. My my dad told told him, "No, let him finish high school first before he starts playing in a band." Yeah. So I didn't even know that till after I joined the band. So I'm going to go, and he goes, yeah, they asked me a long time ago if you would. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I told him, fuck, no, he needs to finish yeah. high school. <laughs> go to school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that first time on the stage was probably a surreal moment. Yeah. 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 That is awesome. I just, I love stories that start like that because it always starts with that innocence of just wanting to play, not sure what the hell is going to happen, yeah. and then just being hooked and being like, okay, this is definitely what I want to do. And Like, what music did you listen to growing up? You said your dad didn't really listen to New Mexico music, so what were influences that maybe you heard that kind of caught your ear? To New Mexico music? Or, or just, just in general? Oh, like, I used to listen... My dad used to listen to 90s rock, 80s rock, so yeah. that's, that's all I listened to, and then the rap, of course. Yeah. I went through my phases, country, yeah. and yeah, Brooks and Dunn, and Garth Brooks, and all that. Okay, country, you like country a lot. I like the older country, but... Yeah, yeah. oh, I agree with you completely. Yeah. And, like, what about um, um, rap? Rap, yeah. My, yeah, are you a rapper? Do we not realize, maybe, you look like you might have some rap. I have a little bit of rap in me, yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to put you on the spot and be like, okay, are you ready? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> We're going to be like, surprise, yeah. Bobby's next project. He's a rap artist. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be pretty cool, Bobby, yeah. playing the trumpet and doing a rap. Yeah. Well, you never know. When you play with La Gente again, you, you could take away one of uh, Tony or Louis' <laughs> yeah. you know, lie. <laughs> it could come out with a rap yeah. number. <laughs> it's so cool because we get to see you with a lot of different bands. Yeah. How many bands would you say that you've actually accompanied? Have I, you thought about it? I, no. We're just sitting here and you're like, oh, so-and-so. Oh, and then I'm like, oh, my God, this guy like literally plays all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Do you like it that way or do you like, be, do you like freelancing or do, would you rather commit to a band? What is your thing? Because you've done both. but uh, Right now I like freelancing because you can learn a lot from everybody. I mean. I, mean, I agree. Now, because I was with Sangre de Hoven and for a lot of years, and before this, and Gonzalo, and, and but right now I'm having fun. It's, You're having fun yeah. doing this. Well, I just think it's so cool because you had this period where, of course, you took a hiatus in a in a in a in time for yourself, but now 
you're coming out and doing different things and your perspective is broader and yeah. a lot more I think you know what you want now. Yeah. You definitely know what you want. Yeah. You found your foundation. You've been there, you've done that. Yeah. You know, and I think that is so amazing and commemorative of the fact that you're somebody that people just need to really, you know, listen to because yeah. you've seen inside and outside and all of that the music and the music is not an easy thing especially when it comes to alcohol and it comes to drug use of course we know as um like musicians it's everywhere yeah. and it's very difficult to not get pulled into these directions because everybody wants to take a shot or everybody yeah. wants to you know we want to honor you that way and it's so sad that sometimes see i try and honor people with making them food yeah <laughs> I'll make you tortillas. See, because I'm cool. I'm cool with, okay, I could I could sit there and take a shot. But then I know, like, let me just tell you, like, I had two, uh, what were they called, sangria swirls on um, Friday. And I swear, I think I still have a headache. And I think yeah. it's just, like, I'm not, number one, getting older and stuff like that. But yeah. alcohol sometimes is what people think bring people together. And I think we get into that mindset of this is a commemorative, not a, a collaborative yeah. thing where we come together and we drink and we use that as like almost a staple or foundation. And it's a misconception. One of the coolest things that I saw when Anthony was playing with Darren is of course there was the group where they're taking their shots, but there was this group of men that were very focused and sober yeah, and knew what they wanted when it came to the music. Yeah. And I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna put it out there too. Sometimes people think that alcohol makes the performance better, and it's yeah. a misconception yeah. that the talent is already there with people. It's just about recognizing it with themselves and knowing they can do it without the alcohol. Yeah. Was that a hard thing for you to overcome when it, it came to it, that? It is, and it still is. Right. Yeah, I'm still trying to find my balance. Right. But, but it's, that, get, it's getting easier. That's. I think that's a every single day coming back to 12 steps a decision yeah it's not going to be easy yeah it definitely makes a person a lot stronger but it also makes people look at you as kind of like does he have the answers you know what yeah. i mean and yeah. is that kind of would you say that kind of uh is that pressure for you or is that something that you feel like okay about you know like yeah you know i can be this person that that lets people know my story or whatever yeah. and, and encourage an encouragement or does it like, Oh my gosh, this is a lot of pressure. What would you say? Are you just trying to focus on your shit on yourself? Uh, right now. Yeah. 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 One of these days y'all have a book. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we'll sit here and write for you, Bobby. You yeah. Just this one. yeah. <laughs> but just tell me a little bit about that. Like how, how has it been so far with all of this? Like it's just been where you're really focused. I'm focused right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's been crazy because I've never I, I stopped playing for two years because I did have to go to treatment for alcohol, and now I I'm back and it's kind of weird because I didn't think that I thought no oh, maybe people forgot about me or something and, and right now it's probably like the busiest I've ever been, like as far as everybody calling me, to hey can you perform here with us can you play with us and it's, it's pretty cool. But. I think that's awesome. But it's, at the same time, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do for yourself, like, to step back from, like, that? Do you, is there anything that you like to do? Read? Is it praying? Like, what is something that you always fall back on? I think it's praying. Praying. Yeah. So our faith is always a foundation of what gets us through a lot of hard times. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because I, I, I go to church almost every morning to morning mass. Yeah. But I, I go by myself. Because I'm, I'm, right now it's hard for me to be in front of people. It's be in front of people sober. Mm-hmm. Like, like even last night I got packed at the casino. We played at the OK Casino. And right away I look to the to where I'm going to leave right away so I don't have to talk to anybody. It's, right. it's just hard. But It's like the introvertedness is also protectiveness for you, I think, yeah. because there's so much going on. Yeah. And you never know where the temptation is going to come yeah. in a situation like that. Because so usually, usually I'd be straight to the bar, right, on my break, straight to the bar. Mm-hmm. But right now it's straight to the door. Yeah, <laughs> some fresh air. Yeah. And then come back in and regroup and reground and get back into the music. Yeah. It's funny, though. I see a lot of people doing that, and they've shared their stories with me saying, you know, I suffered many years with alcoholism and yeah. never realized the impact it had on me psychologically. Um, and I can't be around it, but I'm okay. Or I can't be – I can be around it, but I have – and you see it. Like, yeah. there's a group of guys that they hang out, and they're the sober crowd, and that's pretty cool because you're actually having – a very intelligent conversation yeah. opposed to like something stupid, but you know, and I'm not knocking the people that have, you know, with their balance yeah. and knowing what their balance is. I just think sometimes with alcoholism and alcoholism, people don't know what their balance is. So yeah. they cross that threshold very easily and it can destroy a person and yeah. it can destroy bands. It destroys families. And so there's that really fine line of that. Yeah. So it's just that, awareness of what alcohol can do to a person yeah and musically i think we kind of touched on it before was it something that i need to be drunk in order to play music it was was that all the time yeah it was not really drunk but just having a few just to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. yeah and now are you finding a whole nother step to your talents and an acknowledgement of you playing horn where you're like, shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because, you know, now when you're messing up and you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. I, before it's like, oh, I didn't. I'm, I, sound, I sound good. I'm, yeah. But. In your mind, it's, you were just like, the, you're like, this sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's, I think that could be, like, really hard. I could see myself doing that. And they're yeah. like, you were all at Amy Winehouse last night, Andrea. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And be like, I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm glad that you're able to, like, say that and share that. And I know it's not probably the most comfortable thing, but it's something that's going to help a lot of people yeah. to realize that they're not alone in their struggles, especially when it comes to music and playing in that situation or environment. Yeah. It's hard, but you're doing just an amazing job with everything you're doing. Thank you. Tell me about your new song, because we started talking and then I started rambling, but how did you come up with the Vivo en Omarado de Ti? What was your inspiration for that? Because uh, when I used to play with Daniel Cordova, mm-hmm. Esperanza, he used to play that song all the time. Yeah. And I liked it. I mean, like, And then... Then I, when I was at that program, that treatment center, that I would just think, be thinking about all, this, all the songs I want to record, and mm-hmm. that was one of them, one of the... Yeah. Yeah. So... It's you, all old Eddie Gonzalez song. So you yeah. have your influences and the people that you really, really like. Like, is there anything else that you're thinking of doing in the future? Like, what's your projects that you have coming up? I'm just trying to finish a new CD right now by next <laughs> yeah, month. So I'm hard. trying. I know. But, yeah. It is hard. Yeah. What is the things that are just that make it hardest for you? Uh, I don't just trying to just sit down and get it together because 
just mainly I do everything by myself and then rebuild after that with different musicians. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of hard. But I'm getting it. It's, the exciting part is the fact that you collaborate with so many different people. Yeah. We were just talking about that earlier. Like You've been able to collaborate with a lot of artists. Yeah. What are some of those artists besides who you've mentioned, besides Darren and Sangre Joven? Darren. I played with Gonzalo for a yeah. lot of years. Um, played with Al Hurricane. Um, Preston Garza, the late Preston Garza. And, jeez, uh, I played with a lot of people. So many people. And you've yeah. recorded a lot. And you yeah. also do producing. Yeah. You do all of it. Yeah. When did you find that producing was something that you really enjoyed doing? Uh, I think, because I used to sit in the studio with Darren Cordova a lot, and I used to watch all the stuff he, he would do, and mm. I was like, man, that's pretty cool, and I always wanted to do that. Yeah. So then I just went out. Well, my first uh, song that I ever did was with uh, Michael Marquez, and he produced my song, Que Bonita Chaparita. Mm-hmm. And then he took off to California, and I said, well, ooh, shit, now I don't, I need to finish the CD. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> that song uh, was played all over, so mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, I got to finish the CD. So I went and bought my own stuff and just started from there. That's cool. So you kind of knew what was going on, but yeah. then you had to learn a little bit more. So it was like a learning experience as well. Yeah. Did, was it hard for you to figure out? No, not really. It looks so difficult to me. Yeah. I look at it, I'm like, I don't get it. When we were going to do the podcast, I was like, you know, I think I want to start doing that because I think people need to hear another story. Not that I'm knocking radio, but you can only say so much. Yeah. I want people to feel like they're getting the logistics, like the, the real struggles, the things you can't say on the stations yeah. or whatever because of whatever reason. But I want people to know what it's about because they see people out there on the stage or they see people performing. They have this perception of what they think it is, and that's great, but there's so much more behind yeah. it. The struggles, the... Uh, the work, the workman, that it, workmanship that goes into yeah. it, the collaborative work, the egos, yeah. it's everywhere. And yeah. people see something, but they don't know the logist of it or they mm. don't know the whole part of it. There's times that people, you just don't feel like being there because yeah. you're exhausted or you're not feeling good yeah. or you're having your own issues or struggles being there. And, you know, it could be a million things and you're there because you love it and you're putting your heart into it, and it's a dedication thing that you know is within you, but it's not easy, and people don't see that all the time, yeah. or they don't think that you're human, I guess, and you're, you know, you make mistakes, and you're, you fall, and you have to get back up, and you have issues with kids, yeah. and, and yeah. whatever it is. Just so your that's everyday life. Life. Nobody knows what's really going on. So it makes people a little bit more relatable or they relate better when they can hear this and say, oh, wow, you know, New Mexico music really is a foundation of family, yeah. faith, yeah. tradition, culture. It really is all of this stuff that we learn that we are. And I think that's what sets apart New Mexico music from other people because there's so much of yeah. that intimate family yeah. component entwined with it. Yep. So it's a good thing and a bad thing in a lot of ways too because sometimes it gets too personal among people, I yeah. think. Yeah. There's a lot of egos sometimes involved. Yeah. You've been around for a while. How do you deal with that? Is it something that's difficult? I know I struggle with it a lot. Like no. I'm like, oh my God. Like people will just decide. For women, I don't know if it's as hard for men, but 
I don't like her. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, but do you know me? Like, do you really know me? And that happens a lot. Have you had to ever deal with just babosos or whatever? Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, to me, you're just like Bobby, the nice, like, so sweet. Like, yeah. I don't see you as being that kind of a guy. But I'm just curious. Well, if I'm, you can deal with it, then anyone can. So. Yeah, I mean, like, like now I'm, I'm playing with other horn players that have been around longer than me, and I look up to them, and, and sometimes I feel, what am I doing here? And am I worthy to be with these guys? And I don't know. Some, that's just the way I think. And and then other people say, oh, you're Bobby Madrid, and you're you're bad. And, all, and I'm just Bobby Madrid. I'm I the trumpet that. player. Yeah. You're not just Bobby Madrid. You are Bobby Madrid. That's yeah. so cool, though. Yeah. Because, and I think that's true humility. You can look at, like, these people that have been around longer and be influenced by them but also be humbled by the fact somebody else is looking at you that same way yeah that's what it's really about though yeah. that's what new mexico music does it and influences a lot of people to we of course a lot of times we do a lot of cover music and we do songs that have been done um but it's a way that we continue to keep our traditions alive as well yeah so it's it's kind of cool to come see that from that both aspects of it yeah what is like the hardest thing do you think with the music and the music new mexico music in the business and everything is it just getting radio play is it um for me i would think it's just getting the music out (laughs) because like you're so busy that's what i would guess that's just getting it out but Mm. have you ever just come into some obstacles where it's just like my god like how do i break through this yeah yeah i mean uh right before i went to this to this treatment program, um, I uh, I was just on the road. It wasn't really about the music anymore. It was just about I gotta get out, get get out of here, get out of where I was at, my mm-hmm. situation. So now I'm back to it and I'm focused and. That's so awesome. Yeah. But now I did, now that I I'm traveling by myself, so it's kind of rough. I mean, and yeah. I'm older and I thought, oh, okay, I stopped drinking and it's gonna get easier. It has it. No. <laughs> No. no, it's a lot harder. Yeah. The challenges are still there because there's a lot of things to be mindful of, I'm sure, too. Yeah. Traveling sucks, though. It does. It takes a toll on you. Yeah. And then gas prices are insane. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And do you do just primarily music? Is that what that's you do? All, that's all I do. Wow. Yeah. So this isn't just, this is your hale. Like, that's all I've ever done. Wow. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I wish I could do that. He wishes he could do that. Yeah. I know that it's not easy, but you also have to be very dedicated and focused when you yeah. do it and yeah. you make it your full-time yeah. job. Yeah. But you, what would you say, like, within a week, you're, you're most every weekend, you are just saying earlier, well, I wanted to go camping, but this is what I'm doing this weekend. So yeah. you're definitely dedicated. Yeah. But what would you say in, um, in a week, how many times do you play typically? About twice, two, twice. Three, ten, three times a yeah. week, yeah. What's really difficult now, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, is the fact that inflation, our economy is suffering so much, so like our gas prices are higher, our food prices are higher, and you're traveling, are you finding it difficult to like travel because of that? Or do you just like, is it just like, I don't care, I'm just going to go play, even if it's for this, I know like with us, we had to kind of step back and say, we can't do yeah, it for yeah. the less amount of money anymore, because yeah. even though we really want to be present, and want to be there, we just can't do this anymore, because it's so expensive to travel, are you running into that as a musician? Um, 
Really, it's not that. Yeah, the, the thing about it is, back then I was mainly playing just to playing just to pay for my alcohol. Not mm. like right now I don't drink, so I mean, it's like cool. I have money in my pocket. I would come back broke, and I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I never thought about yeah. that. And now you say, okay, I'm gonna go do something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that was the main part of my life, just alcohol, like, just. Party, right? And I was my like a musician. Yeah. Have you ever thought of writing? Yeah. Yeah. I think you would be an amazing writer to put a song out there. Yeah. A corrido. Yeah. You should. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it on the next Vibe New Mexico podcast that we do with you. <laughs> a corrido de el borracho. <laughs> <laughs> like the loteria, the it, one the, that has the borracho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that would actually be an awesome idea for you to do. Yeah. Something, a corrido, that talks about the struggles yeah. of alcoholism and maybe even in the music. Yeah. You've written before or you haven't written? I haven't. You haven't? I haven't. And, and I've always wanted to get together with Carlos Medina. He's amazing. He's always told me, whenever you want to re- write yeah. a song, let me know. We'll get together He's and I'll help you. amazing. And, and he's just like, his mind was just like, yeah. he has so many songs. Yeah. I'm very honored to be doing a few of his songs. Yeah. I'm like way honored. I think I got all, I cried a few times. I was like, oh my God. But he's just a fantastic songwriter. Right? Yeah. And we need more of that. We need more original music. Yeah. It's hard in New Mexico to break through that though. Yeah. Because people don't recognize it. Then they're all of a sudden, they don't, they're like, we don't recognize that song, you yeah. know? So it's a little bit harder, but I think it's very fulfilling. And what you're doing is to write a song and make it be your song yeah. and people to recognize that. We did a song way back with Cultura called Senor Cantinero. Yeah, and yeah. people are like, where did you, who does that originally? And we're like, we do. And they're yeah. like, you do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> but it's cool when people recognize the song yeah. and can come back and be like, oh my god I like love that song yeah. and there's so many different stories out there that need to be said and mm-hmm. need to be shared with people so that would be awesome to hear something from you in the future Yeah. so I think we talked about this earlier but I'm curious like what is what do you enjoy doing besides going to church and stuff is this like do you like do you have any other outside interests like I don't know animals <laughs> no like what I like to do I like going camping, camping. Fish, fishing that's fishing. what I do a lot yeah. that's therapeutic yeah our daughter loves fishing that's her therapy yeah yeah what's like where do you do river lake what lake you, but it's yeah. kind of hard now that everything burned or I know where, where I'm at so. so we did talk a little bit about that before when everything was burning it was like very close to where you were at correct yeah. Yeah. how was that it was scary really yeah. scary yeah do you, can you see the damage from where your house is at? Yeah, because oh you walk up to... I live right against a mountain. Ooh. So the other day I took a walk up the mountain and I saw how really close it was. And it was pretty close. So did you have to evacuate at that time? I evacuated for a couple of days and I slept in my car. And, and, oh my and, uh, gosh. Because I'm stubborn. I don't like to stay anywhere else. And I know. you have. We have room <laughs> yeah, here. I know everybody was telling me, hey, come over here. Come over here. And I'm like, no, no. I don't want to bother anybody. Aww. So then uh, I snuck back in my house. I called, I went to the checkpoint. I told the, the police and they knew who I was. I go, I got I to gotta go get my trumpet. I got to play this weekend. And I didn't leave. Aww. So they tried to get me out of my house. I go, I'm already here, so you can't 
but you I can't, can't. You can't. So I, I already had a plan. I, I bought groceries and everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting to yeah. see what would happen. Yeah. That's pretty brave. Yeah. What if that fire would have just Oh, I mean, I would have took off, but <laughs> somebody would have told me, hey, you got to leave, but... Yeah. But I think there was a lot of people who didn't want to leave at that time either because it was just... Yeah. It was scary, and not only that, like, that's their, their everything. Yeah, because when it started burning that... Uh, Friday, me and Phil Fernandez were recording at my house, and he was freaking out a little bit because it was just smoke. And I go, "Okay, I think it's time for you to go." And he's like, "Yeah, we, I gotta go." They <laughs> 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 could see the, fo- the yeah, little fire coming yeah. down this way. Oh my god, that would have been scary. Yeah. So, what is coming out next for you, besides your CD? Are you gonna? This is like the the golden question I like to ask people. It's so hard now because when you put out CDs, you don't know, like you can push it more by doing singles. So that's one thing I've been kind of doing is just releasing singles here and there until I, like the full CD is out. Is that kind of like what you want to do is just kind of keep releasing singles here and no. there? And you just want to get the CD yeah. out. Same, I'm the same way. I'm so undecided what to do. But yeah. it's so hard to have a full CD come yeah. out. So that's your focus is just get the CD yeah, out. Yeah, because it's kind of hard because if you want to sell your CD, you can't, it's hard to keep on putting singles out and... Yeah, and so. you can have that opportunity by going to different uh, venues that, or places that you're yeah. playing and selling it that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah, that's really the only way you can sell your music these days. I mean, it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult. Do you put your stuff on any of the platforms like Spotify and all of those places so people I, know where to find them? I haven't done it, but like the 89.1 things, they've done it. So they have my yeah. music there, yeah. Do you put it? You put them on YouTube and all of that as well, correct? They have. I they, haven't. Yeah. Really, I really don't know how to do that, and I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Oh, Anthony can show you what yeah. to do. Cool. He totally can help you out because okay, no. it. I more people definitely need to hear your stuff, yeah. and that's an opportunity we have. So we've shifted. You're kind of from the era of like us, where we've shifted into this place where we didn't know what it was to have like yeah. social media and. Yeah. Like come internet computers stuff like that. I I joke around and say we're all ancient. Yeah. And now the kids have all these things. They're like, oh, there's this platform and there's this, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're yeah, talking I'm like, about. Yeah. What the hell are you talking so about? So we have to us older fogies. No, just kidding. Yeah. We have to help each other out because we don't understand a lot of it. Yeah. So it's confusing and it's overwhelming for me to sit there and be like, what are you talking about? Like people, when I say podcast, they're like, what the fuck is yeah. a podcast? Like, yeah. I don't even know what that is. My dad still doesn't understand. I'm like, you just go to Spotify, like to try and, and it's, they, people don't understand completely what that means, but it's the new thing that is available to us to promote music and yeah. to promote ourselves. And, um, the, the coolest thing is by submitting to internet radios, you can get your music played all over yeah. the world. Yeah. And then if you're on these platforms, you can see where people are playing your music. Yeah. And that's something that if uh, you need help doing that, or I don't yeah. know if you're aware, Anthony can show you totally what to do because cool. definitely want to get your music out there more. Not that people don't know who you are here in New Mexico. Yeah. Everybody knows who Bobby is. But other people yeah. you know especially when you do that original song yeah that <laughs> would yeah. be cool so tell me something encouraging for people out there like let us know a little bit about your story I want to have this point where I and you've talked about it and that's one thing that I think is difficult for people who are in sobriety is to share their story 
because it's hard. But I think when you come to that place of like the 12 step and we've, of course, the 12 step can work in so many different ways, not just in alcohol, but in anything, codependency, whatever it is, it's admitting there is a problem and being open to sharing that problem with people and telling them, you know, the encouragement maybe that they need to hear from you or, you know, what is it that your, your story, what is it just to open, hold that space for you to be able to share that with the people out there. Uh, so they can just be inspired by your story or by your words. So what is it that you would say or share with people in regards to just the music, whatever the struggle is, even if it's just sobriety or it is both music and sobriety, what is it that you can tell people or what is it you wish somebody would have told you or maybe somebody did tell you, you know, at one time that you can help people out with in the future? I mean, a lot of people told me, hey, you got to stop and but not me. That wasn't gonna have that but now I'm I'm sober and like before it, I, just some music lifestyle is just party 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 mm-hmm. get off stage go party wake up go to a different town go party and now it's I don't know I don't know it's now I'm focused and I mean if if I can do it anybody can do it cause I was just I'm just the party person, but you have to have a sense of like pride, though. Yeah, I do. Where you feel good about yourself. I do right now. Yeah. And and, um, I do, and even now that I hear myself on the radio, like, wow, wow, I did this sober, and I'm, I'm doing it. I'm more focused. Yeah. I do. I think that's and awesome. I get I get excited and I've always I've been on the radio and I'm like ah oh, okay everybody's like, oh that's Bobby Madrid and I'd be sitting with a different person and, oh you're on the radio look and I'm like oh, whatever but now I'm like excited every time I hear myself on the radio that's awesome yeah that's a beautiful gift yeah and definitely your faith you said yeah yeah like yesterday I went to the Santuario yesterday in I the morning I saw that picture yeah. beautiful picture and I even went like at 8 in the morning and there's all hey it's not even open yet <laughs> I was like okay I'll come back in a while <laughs> but you could have just sat there and the beautiful the yeah. beauty of the Santuario yeah I did for a while Yeah. and the feeling is just such an amazing feeling it's definitely spirit yeah all around yeah wow I love the Santuario yeah it's gorgeous it's my favorite place so definitely you say you do your daily mass and you're just very devoted to to that that helps you out a lot is that yeah. foundation of your faith I'm just thankful because I got a second chance mm-hmm. and I'm I'm still here I'm alive and still play music yes yeah. what would you and you kind of said it already but to tell somebody who's kind of suffering in that area of how do you continue how do you give them hope I mean, if you're having a problem and, and you know, talk to somebody, that's one mm-hmm. thing I've never done. Mm-hmm. I've always kept everything. I didn't want to hear anything that anybody had to tell me. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you're having a problem and, and you know you're having a problem, you got to talk to somebody. You can't let hold it in. Right. Yeah. Do you find that it's been necessary to cut yeah. certain people out from your life just so that it can be easier for you to... I know that's a really big part of sobriety is sometimes we have to walk away and make these choices to stay away from people that we loved but know that they're not the best influences yeah. because of our choices. And that's that's the hardest part for me right now is that I don't really hang around with anybody because 
I'm a, like I'm afraid. I'm not afraid, but I I feel like um, I'm making them feel uncomfortable because I'm not drinking. Mm-hmm. So it's just I gotta find that balance too. Right. Yeah. But I, I do feel uncomfortable. Like now, if somebody opens a beer, they start partying. I'm like, ah, I gotta get out of yeah. here. And I'm I'm out. Yeah, because that temptation yeah. probably is still there. Yeah. And it's completely understandable and. Yeah that's obvious for anybody that's like if i'm in a bakery with all this <laughs> i can't be in there because i know i'm gonna eat more than i need to and pay for it later but it's the truth with anything with alcohol with you know our weaknesses it's very difficult and knowing when to flee from temptation yeah and the bible says it itself you know knowing when to walk away and yeah. shake shake the dust off your feet or whatever it is from temptation if the what is it if the arm causes you to sin chop it off my god you know yeah. sometimes that arm is a really good friend of yours and it's really hard because you're having to say i can't do this because it's for my own good because how do you make somebody understand that's still in that place that yeah. you're trying to make this conscious decision for yourself yeah to be healthy it's difficult mm-hmm. and that's not something that's easy especially when we come together it's like you know, we come together with food and and laughter and music. And unfortunately, alcohol is a big part of that yeah. in a lot of places. Yeah. So it's very brave and very honorable to be in a place like that and make that conscious decision that yeah. I'm here to, you know, to be a part of it, but not to be immersed in all of this to chance that I might fall into mm. this trap. Yeah. And too, for anybody that's struggling, I think with that is... We see it. It's where people fall. Let's get back up and keep going. Yeah. A lot of times, people, that's where they'll get stuck. Is that like, oh, I already drank a beer. I'm just going to drink like a whole 12 pack. That's exactly what I'm afraid of. Yeah. I'm even afraid to drink a a non alcoholic drink because it tastes like beer. I'm like, no, this is going to lead up to something. Was it really, really difficult to come off of it at first? Where was your body like just used to like the whole alcohol thing? Because I know. I imagine I can't even stay away from coffee because I get like that. I can't yeah. imagine. And so it was just like an immense amount of coming down from alcoholism. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a dependency. That me. medical yeah. episodes of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. People don't realize that. No. Wow. And that was my, my tool to even go to Walmart during the day to talk to people. I'd have to get buzzed. Or if not, I'd have to go to Walmart at 6. It's still the same now. I'd have to go to Walmart. I have to go to Walmart at 6 in the morning when I don't see anybody. It's rough. Yeah, introverted. Just yeah. used to being the. And what's kind of so interesting about people who are introverts is typically they're the most amazing at thinking. They're the deepest thinkers and creators and inventors because they're in their mind and they're not like being around people. I don't know, maybe sometimes you pick up on a lot of energy when you're yeah. around people yeah. and it's too much for you to handle. Yeah. And you're like, I can't do this. Yeah. So you just feel your safe place is just being there within your your own yeah. safe space. Yeah. I can totally get that. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. But like before, I'd, I'd have to go get buzzed before I go to Walmart. Like even last night, people would come talk to me and tell me, hey, you remember this time when me and you? And I'm like, I don't even remember you. It's like, yeah. it's crazy. But that's what, it, that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. So those are like conscious awareness times that you're having now where you're like holy shit man i yeah. realize what alcohol actually did yeah yeah so remember that time in taos last year that that time in taos and like, um, yeah i remember and i really don't you're, yeah, you're <laughs> like you know yeah. 
Yeah. No, and I, I can understand, too, like, being around a lot of people, it's just the amount of energy that it takes to be around pe- some people. Yeah. Especially in music, where people are already in that vibration of, like, being drunk. Yeah. That's got to be difficult. Yeah. But you're so focused right now, and you're doing an amazing job of yeah. what you're doing, Bobby. You. I just can't tell you how proud we are of what you're doing, and... I tell a lot of people that I know that I love and trust, like, come, you don't want to talk to somebody that's been there to kind of give a peer support. Peer support is probably the best support we can have sometimes. Yeah. Because I can tell somebody something and they're like, what the fuck do you know? You've never been there. You're not going through it. You know, it's words are fancy until it comes to the situation. Yeah. But to know somebody's actually going through something and have that kind of mentorship or accountability with them. It's probably like humongous and that's an amazing gift that you can give through your sobriety. Like I said, I've seen a lot of people um, just standing back and watching where they're either like hardcore party, party, party. And then there's people who are just kind of pulled off to the side. This was just like with Darren the other night, like I said, and the guys are there like getting their horn, horn players, getting their stuff together. Like, okay, yeah, you know, like they're focused for the next set. I'm like, if I was that disciplined... Yeah. You know when it is discipline, then I wouldn't be fucking up so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so you know I need that kind of discipline. So you definitely can influence people that yeah. way. And I think that was like the the problem when I was already towards the last with the last uh, gigs with Darren. Everybody's focused, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I, I want to go get drunk. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's a and that's a bad way of thinking. <laughs> but now you're in that complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. It's really neat. Anything else you want to talk about? Anybody want to? No, I just want to thank everybody that's been there for me. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that I thought were friends. When I've, now that I'm sober, it's like they're not friends. But I, I have a lot of people that stuck by my side, and I want to thank them. It's, it's a sad thing when you realize that people that you think are rooting for you are not around. Yeah. But I guess don't look at it in a way that they're not friends. I think it's just because of the fact that you're, when you're living that lifestyle now of like yeah. sobriety, it makes them uncomfortable mm-hmm. because they're like, ah, how can, you know, like how, how it's yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. It's kind of like that saying that it kind of aggravates their demons or whatever because they know there's accountability or conviction. Yeah. You know, I'm convicted now. I have to step it up or I... But in a way, you're still their friend because you're bringing it into a conscious awareness for them to be aware of what's going on with them. Yeah. I can't tell you how amazing we think you are for the things that you've overcome and that you're still overcoming because it's, it's it's definitely a lifelong battle that you have to go through because that's the way it is with alcohol with any kind of sobriety with anything yeah but you're doing such an amazing job and i am so happy that we're finally able to do this because people do need to hear that and i know people are curious they're like okay well what was going on with bobby how's bobby you know and People need to hear what your story is, not yeah. what other people assume. Yeah, because a lot of times people assume they know what's going on and they don't know. Exactly. And that's hard because that's another thing about New Mexico music. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of gossip yeah. around there. 
but people know now you know what i mean this yeah. is what happened but i'm back better than ever yeah. and i'm going to continue kicking ass yeah continue and that's what i love to do i love new mexico music that's what i'm always gonna do so thank you so much bobby thank you. we're gonna continue collaborating and doing some amazing things in the future yeah i look forward to hearing all your new projects i know you're gonna have a ton of amazing stuff coming up um just continue kicking ass bro thank you <laughs> have a I good will. one all right, too. Deja más Ven, ven y dame tu amor 